you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Man, what an exciting day to be in the house of the Lord. Put your hands together for Jesus today. Amen. Hey, how many grandparents do we have? Happy Grandparents Day, and how many grandparents we got in the house? Amen. Uh, give them a round of applause because they put up with you to, to become grandparents. <laughs> That's right. Grandkids, I know right now some of you parents, your new parents, so you think your kids are the best. I promise you grandkids are the best. Amen. They are the best. And I know it's all that stuff. It's like, oh, we get to send them home. Yeah, we do. But I, they're the best because I promise you this. When my kids were growing up, if they, if I had something that I bought from like the dollar store and it cost 50 cents and they would have broke it, I would have been like, oh my God, that's why we can't have nice things. And now my grandkids are like, could break something that's like a memorabilia that nobody could ever get. And I'm like, oh honey, it's okay. Pops will put it together. Give me some tape. It's okay. My kids are around the corner going, ah, where were you when we were growing up? I'm like, go to your room. And I'm 30. Go to your room, you know? Amen, right? So happy Grandparents Day to everybody. Hey, grandparents and everybody, everybody for that fact. After I get done speaking today, don't run out. Our Compassion Kids have something for you today. So just remain seated whenever I get finished today and they've got something, you're gonna love it. Just make sure you grab those phones out as soon as you can because you're gonna record this. So today we're moving into, we're continuing with week two of Say Yes. Everybody say, say yes. And I'm excited about that. You know what I'm excited about? What happened this week? Football is back! Yeah! We've had to talk to each other for like the last seven months. What has that been? We're like looking at each other, having conversations. That's crazy. You know about football fans, and if you're not a football fan, I'm not trying to exclude you. Your whatever it is, your favorite Netflix is back on, or yeah, I don't know, whatever. But I will tell you about football fans. We are committed to the core, are we not? That's right. Every year, it's we're going to talk about it. Every year, we're committed. Our team's going to win. We're going to win the Super Bowl, even though we ain't been there since, until 1996. No, <laughs> somebody's going to get that one. I'm telling you. But we are committed people. We are so committed to our team. Listen, if it's, you're talking to me about my team, I'm gonna tell you, either one of my teams, we're rebuilding. Every year, talk to me, we're just rebuilding. Every year, every year we're rebuilding, but I'm committed to that team. I'm not a hopper. I'm gonna stay with those people, even though they almost got beat by a junior college yesterday. It's horrible, but they're rebuilding. I'm committed to them. Win or lose, we are committed people, right? However, the thing that's being very prevalent in our society today is the fear of commitment. Do you know the fear? Did you know there's a phobia called gamophobia and it's the fear of commitment? Is that not the craziest thing? Everything has a phobia now. And if you got it, I, I apologize for calling you out, but we'll move on. But this society that we're living in right now, this world we're living in right now struggles to be committed to anything. I was reading a study, and I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of statistics, but I wanted to tell you, I wanted you to see how true commitment, the struggle of commitment is in this world today. In 1937, so that's some years ago, 1937, 73% of Americans attended church. 73%, that's great. Amen. That, that's, that's, that's great. But in 2000, 61% of people attended church. In 
2020, only 47% of people attend church. So for all of us, for us mathematicians who are very, you know, we're just on top of it. Let me put it like this. In 63 years, church attendance declined 12%. 63 years, church attendance declined 12%. Listen, that's not bad. I mean, we wish it would stay, but that's not bad. But in 20 years, in the last 20 years, it has declined 14%. Because commitment is an issue. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is looking for committed followers, not occasional fans. He is looking for committed follower, not occasional fans. And in Proverbs 16 and three, it says this, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. John 13 verses 37 through 38, it says this, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, and this is the place I want you to hear this. And I want you to listen to this one. Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Father, we thank you for your word. It's already anointed. It's already blessed. Father, I pray that you would help us posture our ears and posture our hearts to receive your words and to come out of here different than what we came in. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Before that word commitment has become very taboo in our society, that, that word commitment has become very, very, uh, people don't want to pay attention to. People get disgruntled when you talk about being committed. It's a word that is no longer used when it talks, when you talk. Years ago, I remember growing up, years ago, uh, if you, my, the statement was, my word is my bond, and you could hang your hat on that. I mean, anybody remember those days? You did that. And if there was sometimes, uh, I could remember you said you were going to do something, you were going to do whatever was said. You could depend on that person that they were committed to do whatever they said they were going to do. If you shook hands on something, you were committed. Whatever it took, whatever the agreement was, you didn't break your commitment because your word was your bond and you were committed to what you said you were going to do. But nowadays the problem is we run off of emotions. So for all my emotional people out there that work on your feelings, I ain't trying to hurt your feelings today. I just want to help you today. I've been, I've been told I don't have very many feelings. So I'm not coming across harsh. I just want you to understand the commitment that we need in Jesus. Nowadays, nowadays it's if I feel like coming to work, I'll come to work. Right now, somebody just thought about a coworker. I worked in a company years and years ago where this guy said, watch this, I ain't coming to work. He didn't come to work for five days. They didn't fire him. They rehired him and gave him a promotion. Commitment ain't commitment anymore. Back in the days when phrase would be something like, we'll be there if we're able. You ever heard that one? We'll be there if we're able. You're lying. You ain't even trying. You ain't going. Don't quit lying. Just say, I'm not going to come. But your word is your bond. What you said is a commitment. Our wedding vows nowadays is a commitment, but it doesn't mean anything about death do us part. It doesn't mean anymore for better or for worse. Now, I ain't coming down on you, but I'm just telling you, our word and commitment is commitment. Nowadays, it depends how I feel. I'm not going to tough it out. I'm not going to keep on going. I'm not going to push through. Commitment is a word that God ordains. See, mature people live by commitment and immature people live by emotions. Think about this. If you owned a business or you were looking for a spouse or, or you were going to invest in, in money and you were talking to somebody, just think if you were talking to me and I, you're, you're going to invest in me or give, you know, whatever it is. Think about this. What if I said to you, uh, I take my commitments day by day. 
I see what today brings. I'll go with how I feel. How about that? Would you hire that person? No. Would you marry that person? You better not even date that person. Would you give that person money? Absolutely not. No, because all you would do is be doing the work yourself. Because that person has no commitment to team. And honey, let me tell you this. If your spouse ain't put a ring on it, he ain't committed to you. He just likes a convenience and a dessert. Know what I mean? Mm. I was trying to keep it rated correctly for children in here. If you don't like it, send them to kids' church where they should be. I just batted that one right out of here. That's the truth about it. Nowadays, if it's female or male, if they ain't commend by putting a ring on it, you just like it in the convenience and the dessert. That's it. You're making an investment in an uninvested, uncommitted person. What the person is actually saying to you, I absolutely I have no commitment. I make my decisions based on how I feel and the circumstances of my life. Let me tell you today, commitment means <clears throat> I have made a decision. I will be committed no matter the cost, no matter the pain, no matter the hardship, no matter what it costs me, even if it costs me everything, I'm going to be committed. See, in Judges chapter 10, the Israelites decided once again to turn their back on God and begin worshiping other idols. Then God took his hand off of them and allowed them to be conquered. They repented and God being the gracious and, and pardoning God that he is, he forgave them. But they had, just because he forgave them, they wasn't out of the position that they were in. They had a problem and it was the Ammonites. The Ammonites were still conquering them. They needed to be defeated. And we're gonna pick a story up in Judges chapter 11. We get an introduction, Judges chapter 11, verse one, and his name is Japheth, the Gideonite, was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead, his mother was a prostitute. Man, what an introduction that is, right? Your dad's an adulterer and your, mo your mom is a, well, she's a woman that doesn't have a very good reputation. It goes on to tell us that Japheth's father had a wife and had other sons, and when those sons grew up, they drove Japheth, because, his son, because he, was, he was not a brother, he had another mother, they drew, drove him out because they were not going to share his inheritance with them. So Japheth flees from his brothers and he settles in this other area, this other land. And what the Bible tells us, it's funny, we all think we're all original, but the Bible tells us that where he settled, he was a gang of scoundrels gathered around him and followed him. Japheth was the first gangster. We all think gangsters come from nowadays, but he was the first gangster. He had a gang of scoundrels around him. Not only was he a, a gangster, he was the leader of the gang is what he is. When you have a calling and a gifting in your life, when you're a leader, you can't get away from it. The question is, is what are you going to do with it and who are you going to use it for? So the elders of the community came back and asked Japheth to lead them and be their commander. And Japheth was like, didn't you just drive me out of my home? My father, and now you're asking for my help? They said, lead us and you will be our leader. So he agreed. Japheth, he's a good guy because instead of just going to conquer 
damn an IT, sent him a letter and said, hey, get out of my face, right? You know, he's a gangster. That's how I believe he talked. He'd be like, look, get up around my hood. I'm going to take care of it. You know, y'all don't know nothing about that. We in the avenues. Y'all should all know about that. Just kidding. In Judges chapter 11, verse 29, it says, then the spirit of the Lord came on Jepheth. Judges 11.30 is where we're going to hear it here. And Japheth made a vow to the Lord. If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me, when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So then gangster Japheth, I'm gonna call him gangster J. Gangster J went over to fight the Ammonites and the Lord gave it to his hand. He, he actually went and he conquered and devastated 20 towns and took back the land that was stolen. Then verse 34 says, when Japheth returned to his home in Mesphah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter? Dancing to the sounds of timbers or tambourines. <clears throat> she was only a child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter when he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, oh, my daughter, you have brought me down and I am devastated. I have made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. And my father, she replied, you have given your word to the Lord Do to me just as you promised now that the Lord has avenged you from your enemies, the Ammonites. Think about how emotional that had to be for him. Here he goes from being rejected. Here he goes from being an outcast. Here he goes from his entire life knowing that he doesn't have the inheritance of his father because of his brother. He goes in those areas. Now it seems that his time has come because the Gileads come like, we need you, Gangster Jay. Come on, come be with us. And he goes over there. Now he's got the position that he wanted. He's got the recognition that he wanted. He's got the acceptance that he wanted. He's become the leader that he wants. Everything seems to be going well. He's on the mountaintop. No, you didn't expect. You made a commitment to the Lord. What do you do now? See, commitment is staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood or the emotion has left you. We're going to talk about three lessons we can learn from, lessons of commitment learned from the story of Japheth. Number one is this, commitment to serve God. Judges 11.31 says, and, the Jason, and Jason, Japheth made a vow to the Lord. Throughout history, the Israelites continued and continued. They continued to mess up. They would get in slavery, then they would beg God. They would start serving other gods, and then they would beg to cut out of it. And then they kept, they'd go back and serve again, and God would deliver them. They'd go back and serve it again, and God would deliver them. It's because they were uncommitted. Does that sound familiar? We say we're committed to the Lord and to following him. If he will, you fill in the blank. How about our prayers? Our prayers are more like this. Our prayers are more like, God, if you will give me the right spouse, I will serve, serve you and I'll never turn away. God, if you, you will give me the right job, I will serve you and never turn away. God, if you fix my marriage, I will, I will serve you and never turn away. God, if you give me that promotion, I will serve you and I'll never turn away. God, if you'll give me those kids, I will serve you and never turn away. Many times it's out of convenience, not commitment. As soon as he does, as soon as God answers those prayers, we do just like the Israelites. 
We get busy doing something else. We get too busy to commit to him. You stop praying. You stop reading your word. Your convictions get compromised more and more. You get too busy to attend church, which I know you're here today, but what's the priority? Then when it falls apart, when it all falls apart, we have the audacity to be like the Israelites and ask the question, where's God? Why did you let that happen to me? God won't compete for your commitment. God will not compete for your commitment. One of the big 10, the 10 commandments, one of the big 10 is this, you should have no other gods before me. And he meant it when he said it. Don't you put anything else in the place of him. In Judges 10, verses 11 through 14, it talks about the Lord tells the Israelites, whenever you have, you have been oppressed, you cried to me. How many times is it when things get bad, we reach out to God? That's the only time we talk to him. And he said to them, I helped you every time, but then you go back to your old ways, doing what you want and serving those other gods. Judges 10 and 14, he says this. This is God saying this to them. Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them save you when you're in trouble. Let me tell you today, a partial commitment will never get you the results that you want. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, Jesus replied, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. There is not one area of you that God does not want. He wants all of you. He wants you to be completely committed to him and to see the blessings and the victories you claim that you want to see, you've got to be committed to him and not hold anything back. When you commit to serving God, you will live in the fullest of peace. Even when the chaos is going around you, you can walk in peace and know it's going to be all right. Because if it isn't all right, I'm going to end up in heaven and it's going to be all right. Because I'm committed. The second lesson we can learn, lesson of commitment learned from the story of Japheth is this. Commit to serve others. It's not easy serving others. Have you ever tried to lead you? Jesus. Some of y'all got St. Peter up there using words he ain't used since he's been down here. I promise you. He's like, Jesus, I know. I used to be a sailor while I was a fisherman, but have you seen your kids? As I told you the story of Jephthah, as he ran out of his home, now they're, now they're coming to him. He was ran out of his home, but they came to him and said, the elders of Gilead said to him, nevertheless, we are turning to you now. Come with us to fight the Ammonites and you will be head over all of us in Gilead. They said, nevertheless, no matter we ran you out of your home, they're like, oh, nevertheless, I got your nevertheless. I would have punched them all. That's the reason I'm not God. See, we don't serve others because it's comfortable. We serve others because we're committed. That's what Japheth did. He didn't serve them because it was comfortable. He knew what they had done to him. He served them because he was committed to God. John 13 says this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. See, the problem, we can't be committed to serve others because we don't forgive others. They got real quiet in here now. See, the problem is, is we want to hold people accountable for their actions, 
But we want people to give us grace for our intentions. That's why we won't serve people. Some of you need to go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the, the love chapter. You need to go back and read it and read it and read it and read it. Because 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says this. It says it keeps no records of wrong. Love keeps no records of wrong. Can you imagine how Jesus felt? Jesus is hanging out with Judas. He had him following him. He was one of the big 12 and Judas is amongst them. Judas hung out with him. He traveled with him. He ate with him. Jesus fed him. Jesus washed his feet. Then Jesus gave him permission to go ahead and go betray him. Jesus never went, that's it. I'm done. Tired of serving these people. Look at him. He betrayed me. He never did that. He went ahead and went to the cross and died. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What if God is asking you to give up your life as a ransom? I'm not talking about a physical death and a salvation issue. I'm not talking about that because only Jesus Christ can did. He's the only one who did that and can do that. And he's the only one who can forgive us and take us to heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the ransom of your will, the ransom of your desires, the ransom of your dreams, the ransom of your bank account, the ransom of your possessions, the ransom of your comfort, the ransom of how you think things should be, but they're not. What if he asked you to ransom something? Psalms 37 and five says, commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. The message Bible puts it like this, open up before God, Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. When you commit to serving others, it simply spreads the good news and shows the love of Christ to everyone. Third lesson of the commitment learned in the story of Japheth. Commitment to following. Judges 11 verses 35 through 36 says, I'm devastated. I've made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. My father, she replied, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you promised. Now that the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the Ammonites. See, there was a sacrifice to demonstrate Japheth's commitment of following God. Even his daughter recognized the commitment of serving the God of the universe. There will be a sacrifice to demonstrate our commitment of following him. You're going to have to make a sacrifice. When you don't feel like praying and you just want to be mad, it's going to be a sacrifice, but you got to pray anyway. When you don't feel like forgiving people because they did you wrong, there's going to be a sacrifice. You got to forgive them anyway. When you feel like you, you're, not, you're making headway and nothing's going right, you got to be committed anyway. When you feel like you're trusting in the Lord with your finances, but it's all going wrong, you're going to have to sacrifice and give anyway. When you don't feel like you, you want to be around people and you want to wallow in a pity party, and it's going to be a sacrifice, but you get up and you go be the joy to somebody. You go to be the person who goes and serves. You go be the light. Because it's going to get better if you just get committed anyway. See, be committed to following even when it drains you as well as it is fulfilling. 
There's times you just want to give up. You can't. There's times. I know those times. You know those times when you feel like everybody has pulled everything that you have inside of you out. You have nothing else to give. You can't tolerate one more, one more of the shoe dropping or the wall falling. You can't, you can't hear another bad word. But we don't stop committing. We stay committed because he's committed to us. See, because commitment to following leads to action. And action brings purpose. See, Japheth had a gangster inside of him. But you know who was more gangster than he was? His daughter. She said, my father, she replied, you've given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you promised. You know why? Because she saw her father doing it at home. She understood what commitment was. She understood what a covenant was. She understood what a vow was. She understood that we are committed to him no matter what our cost is. Even if it's my life, we're going to hold it up and honor it. For some of you going, well, wouldn't God let her out of that? Wouldn't God do something different? We don't really know. If you go finish out that story, some scholars believe that, that what happened was that she had to become celibate for the rest of her life, that she couldn't have children. But that would be just as bad, probably worse than not dying. Because back in that day, if you didn't have kids, you were dishonored. Back in that day, you would have been made fun of. In that day, you would have been an outcast. In that day, there would have been shame. In that day, no heritage to follow through. There would have been no legacy for Japheth. But here's what they understand. There's a difference in being committed to following and being interested in Jesus. There's a difference. I started off this scripture today. I started off with two verses. And the verse I want to bring us back to is John 13. It says, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, I want you to ask yourself this question today. Will you really lay down your life for me? Will you really lay down your life? Will you really commit to him today? An uncommitted life is committed only to themselves. When you commit to following, you live the life the fullest. You live it with purpose. You live it in the calling that he has on your life, the gifting. There is not a person under the sound of my voice that does not have a gifting inside of them because he placed that there and you're uniquely made. Now you have to decide, am I going to be committed to use that gift? Or am I just going to keep it for myself? Start today with deciding in your heart you're committed to serve God. Surrender everything to him. Decide today in your heart that you're going to commit to serve others by taking a step out of your comfort zone and joining some kind of group, some team. Yeah, I wore this shirt on purpose today because it says volunteer. I encourage you to volunteer. You sat down on these cards or you, you slipped them, you had them, they're somewhere. I encourage you today to join a dream team or get into a C group, become part of the family, get committed 
Get committed. You have a gifting inside of you. No DNA is just alike. We're all unique. Decide in your heart today that you're going to be committed to following Jesus, no matter what the cost, no matter what the cost is. With every head bowed. Maybe today there's been some reasons why, whatever the reason is, maybe there's been reasons why your commitment level hasn't been up to the height that it needs to be. And you say, man, I wanna start committing today. I wanna commit more than ever today. I wanna wanna be committed to God. I wanna be committed to serving others. I wanna be committed to being a follower of Jesus. If that's you today, you say, pray for me. I want my commitment level higher. If you raise your hand, I wanna pray for you today. Hands up all over. Father, you see these hands. I'm praying, Father. Even my hands up, Father, you can take us to a whole nother level of commitment. You can take us a whole never another level of using us and those giftings and those talents you've placed inside of us. I pray right now that you would just minister to them, whatever, if it's hurts or if it's aches, if it's people, uh, if it's discouragement, if it's them not feeling worthy, I pray over that. I, I cast that out right now. I bind that up. We are made in your image and your image only. You did not create any mistakes. You created us with purpose. Help us find that purpose today. With every head bowed, if today you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it's really, really simple today. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died on the cross and he rose the third day. Confess him, Lord of your life. If you say today, I want to meet that Jesus, I want to make him Lord of my life, if you would lift your hand, I want to pray with you. Is there any hands out there? I see one. I see two. I see three. I see four. Anybody else out there? Amen. Four hands. Put your hands together. Amen. Today, we're all family. We are all family, and this is what we're going to do. Family prays together because we stay together. We're committed to one another. So if you will, church family, to help these people who accepted Jesus, say this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart, into my life. Please forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.